Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands. And Camarillo, California. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite show called Marketing Geeks. That's right. Out of all the shows called Marketing Geeks, we know this one is your favorite. Not only is it your favorite, but it is the number one podcast in the world titled Marketing Geeks. And it's it's an incredible success. Uh, we have our fans reaching out to us every single day on social media. And we love all seven of you fans. Thank you. That's right. That's right. And every once in a while, we do have the eighth fans show up only to disappear again into the void (laughs) only to have that inevitable breakup with uh, one of our other fans it's very very hard (laughs) and now today's show is going to be amazing folks we've got marketing news we've got tips and tricks We've got things that will change your life in strange and mysterious ways. And without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is time for the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. How you doing, man? (laughs) How's it going? I hear it's raining over there in California. It's pouring. It's raining here, too. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. We have something in common. But then again, it's the Netherlands. We do. We do. A few things. So, um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for the Marketing Geeks radio program. We've got a dynamite show. Uh, Today we are going to talk about explainer videos, why you need one possibly, how to produce them, the platforms that you can use. We're going to cover a lot of territory today. So, uh, you know, make sure that you have a pen and pencil or you just listen to this episode many times. And don't forget to share maybe it. Maybe some paper. Maybe some paper, too, uh, unless you want to write, you know, on your arm or something. Old school. Fine. Old I mean, school. I don't care. Paper. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And uh, this uh, this episode of Marketing Geeks is going to – we put a lot of effort into this uh, particular episode because we want it to be awesome. I bought a brand new mic. I don't know if anyone can hear the difference, but 
a brand new microphone. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I've been I've been uh, investing in a little bit of uh, uh, equipment lately. I bought a DJ turntable, man. I bought I bought uh, I have two turntables and a microphone now. Where it's at, so it's where it's at. So uh, be ready, be ready. Last last uh, if you if you followed our uh, if you came to the uh, our webinar our monthly webinar we appreciate it. That was pretty cool. We did a webinar on uh, uh, video marketing on YouTube. And uh, well, I video advertising. My advertising on YouTube was the uh, webinar. That's right, that's right, and uh, yeah, and that was that was uh, so for all of you who attended, thank you. And if you uh, missed it, then you do have a way of seeing that webinar, and that is uh, simply become a subscriber for four ninety five or more a month, and that will be something that we would greatly appreciate because we now have enough money in our coffers to buy a coffee pot for our intern, which we don't have enough money to hire yet. So, yeah, but we really, we really want to get to that bulletproof coffee level where we can get, you know, organic butter and get some uh, of that MCT oil. And, you know, I, I have expensive taste, so I want to get that bulletproof coffee, but we're, we're a long ways. We're at the Folgers right now. That's right. That's right. So uh, please uh, make a donation if you find this valuable. And you can always reach out to us uh, on LinkedIn. We have a, a, a couple of shout outs that we want to uh, give to some of our seven listeners. Uh, take it away, my friend. Yeah, I had uh, Kristen Bush reached out to me on LinkedIn, uh, who is a fellow graduate from the same high school as me from Novato, California. Uh, she also attended San Marin High School. Uh, and she works at uh, Social Media Examiner, which is a pretty cool social media website. I've followed their work before, so we might actually get her on the show in the future. Ooh, that would be cool. Uh, to talk a little bit about what it's like to work at Social Media Examiner. Yeah, and uh, have a uh, just get someone's opinion on uh, what they feel the new trends are, see if they match ours. Uh, yeah, and uh, some of our other amazing uh, listeners, we... Uh, we love you all. I also want to uh, reach out to uh, Christopher Lewis one more time. Who uh, he he actually reached out to me on LinkedIn to just let me know that my uh, mic didn't sound good on uh, one of our previous episodes, and so uh, I had to remedy that and uh, by buying a new mic. So uh, thank you, Christopher Lewis, for uh, convincing me I needed a new mic, and here we are. Yeah, actually, Here thank you, are. thank you, Christopher Lewis, for letting me <laughs> like have an easier job editing. <laughs> that's right. That's but, right. But uh, even I, even I'm on like not a great mic. I'm on a Yeti Blue right now, which is, I mean, it's an okay mic. I like, I yeah. like the Yeti Blue, but I do, I do eventually. I want to upgrade to a uh, to a higher end microphone, and that will happen this year. It just, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to happen this year, but it will happen. Well, we need a few yeah, more listeners. We need we need to, to get more, at least one more of our seven listeners to uh, donate at that 495 mark. But uh, so uh, thank you all to those of you who are donating. Uh, at the very minimum, if you uh, don't feel like donating, then just uh, please leave a five-star review and uh, tell 500 of your closest friends. And we will uh, be. Yeah, we really would appreciate uh, if if you're listening to the show. We really would appreciate if you would uh, go to iTunes and you know rate the show, leave a review, leave a comment. Uh, we would love to get some more reviews and comments on there. That helps us uh, kind of grow the awareness around this podcast and build the audience up so that we can deliver to you amazing content each and every week. 
That's right. That's right. Um, we have some uh, great news for you just to keep you up on what's happening in the uh, social media slash marketing slash SEO world. So uh, without further ado, it's time now for the Marketing Geeks News Update. A survey says that 41% of Americans somewhat or strongly support AI development. 82% want AI carefully managed, and universities and the U.S. military are the most trusted to build AI. Back to you, Andros. Really? According to who? Now, who's this story from? Like, <laughs> uh, This story is from the MIT Technology Review, so that's actually a pretty reputable source, I would say. Um, so we're talking, uh, yeah, MIT. And I just think it's interesting. So uh, I'm surprised by those numbers. I actually thought there would be more distrust. So 41%, that's still less than half. Um, are are trusting of fully trusting of AI, but I thought it was interesting that the U.S. military was rated as one of the most trustworthy sources of AI testing because I just think about Terminator the whole time. Like every time I think about that, it's like, haven't you seen Terminator? Have you guys not seen that? I guess we have a whole new generation of youth that just hasn't seen Terminator. And that's right. The reboot. I'm, I'm counting on you, James Cameron. The reboot better be good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Terminator was a fantastic <laughs> documentary. We know that everything in Terminator was true. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, except for the 1997 judgment day, that was the only, the only part that's not true. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the timelines have been shifted slightly due to disruption in the, uh, you know, time space continuum. Yeah, we're, we're in a different, we're in a different dimension. But I, I, uh, um, you know, the funny thing is, is that people don't even realize how, uh, how much AI is already influencing their lives. In fact, uh, you know, my, uh, prediction is that we are not even, uh, truly human anymore. We we are we are evolving into a uh, kind of a, a hybrid human uh, AI sort of uh, species. And I I, I would challenge that uh, almost all of our seven listeners and those beyond are already cyborgs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that I know this, well, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk uh, actually says that in in his book. I think I can't remember if it was the Ask Gary V book or the new one. But he, he talks about how humans are already cyborgs, and the first extension of the cyborg revolution is your cellular phone, which most oh, yeah. people cannot be less than a foot away from it at any given time. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's like if, if you don't think you're a cyborg, then uh, try going to another room without your cell phone in your hand. Uh, you know, when was the last time you went to the toilet without your cell phone? Uh, right? Maybe that's just me. That's right. I, I mean – you know, so I mean, no, no, it's not. It's not just you. It's not just you. But the, uh, you know, it's funny because like the other day I was driving and I realized I forgot my cell phone and it's, you know, it was like, oh no, like what happens now if I don't have my cell phone and I break down or something? But you know, in the past, people didn't have cell phones. I mean, there, you know, you can. There are ways to get around. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting how reliant we have become on cellular phones. In, in a short period of time, I mean, we're talking yeah, what, like fifteen yeah. years or so, that the like cell phones have become essentially like essential in life. Essentially essential, I like that in life. It, it's it's so true. And uh, without cell phones, there wouldn't be marketing. Without marketing, there wouldn't be us. So there you go. But uh, speaking of cell phones, one of my uh, favorite apps in the world is Spotify. I uh, I would pay for my Spotify account before I pay for food. I, uh, and, uh, yes, I am a music snob. Uh, so I, uh, I, I listen to Spotify day in and day out. And one of my favorite features of Spotify is something called the discover weekly 
playlist. And what they do is they uh, use AI to to basically uh, calculate what you're listening to, what your music habits are during the week, and then they present you with an entire playlist of new music that you haven't listened to yet. So you can discover brand new music. It's great. It's a great feature. It's one of their most popular features. And uh, this is according to uh, Vox.com. Uh, uh, Spotify's most personalized playlist is now for sale to brands. So Discover Weekly, which is that playlist. If you if, if you use Spotify and you haven't discovered Discover Weekly, you gotta. It's great. Uh, it says it's a it 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 basically is using the algorithm and curation uh, that it has been developing over the past few years, and now it's becoming a product. So Spotify is now offering brands the option to sponsor Discover Weekly, its signature customized playlist that updates every Monday for each of its users. It is uh, supposedly one of the most popular features among the platform's 87 million paid subscribers and 109 million ad-supported free users. So uh, the uh, the interesting thing about it is that uh, – uh, what they're going to do is if you're if because if you I, I pay for it so like you paying for YouTube Red I don't hear any ads on there but if you use the free version which is 109 million uh, uh, people that actually listen to it for free you'll be listening to your Discover Weekly and the ad spaces that they run in between songs will be uh, for one particular brand so you'll go there there'll be a big advertisement to put like banner above the playlist and then uh the ads will be running in line uh with that now what's interesting about this is that uh, this also gives brands an opportunity to do um episodic type of advertising and this is something that uh i was having a conversation with uh with my friend iris about this who's been on the show uh, she's head of marketing for a large corporation or, or uh, head of HR. And uh, we were talking about what the future of advertising would be. And I believe, this is my prediction, that uh, uh, advertising is going to get into an episodic realm where you'll actually want to follow the advertisement because uh, you know we are now in a culture where we won't sit through an hour and a half movie or a two-hour movie, even if it's like an Academy Award winner. But we'll binge watch 10 or 12 hours of a series, right? <laughs> or we'll pay over and over again to see like the MCU or the Fast and the Furious movies, which are just like giant episodes of things. So uh, episodic uh, yeah. advertising, I think, is going to be a thing. Well, I'm curious to see how this uh, change in the choose your own adventure style that Netflix rolled out with uh, that Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode. I'm, I'm curious if that becomes a trend or if that's just a fad. Um, because that could really change the way that marketing takes place too, because ads could be created almost in that kind of way. Um, like you're saying, you could have, they could leave what are called open loops in the NLP world where you leave people on a, on a cliffhanger. And then, um, there's choices to get the, to get that resolution that people want. Now, since we're talking about Spotify, Andros, I did have another article here from Uh TechCrunch that talks about how Spotify is increasing their focus on podcasts in the year 2019, which is right now. Um, And they're going – and that includes that they're going to be selling their own ads. So now that they've established themselves, it says they actually have now more than 200 million users. Uh, I guess that's between the paid and the free. That's right. Um, They're preparing – they're moving their attention into podcasting. And so they've they've already started dabbling in podcast ad sales, 
right now they're focused. They, I guess they have a they have a series of original podcasts. So Amy Schumer has an original podcast. Um, Joe Budden, I don't even know who that is, has an original podcast. So there's a few there's a few original podcasts on Spotify, and those are the ones that have been getting ads so far. Uh, but what they're going to be doing is they're going to be bringing ads to the other podcasts that have been on Spotify, such as um, the one that you're listening to right now, Marketing Geeks, which is available on Spotify. So Spotify, if uh, if you're listening, uh, we we do potentially have a spot for you, but it's very limited. You have to act fast if you want to get on our show as an advertiser. So time is running out. That's right. That's right. You only have a uh, just uh, 24 hours to respond to this uh to this request otherwise but sorry. wait there's more call within the next 15 minutes <laughs> and you could save five dollars off of the cpm and we'll give you a pair of ginsu knives just for calling in that's every order <laughs> um so uh uh you know it's really interesting because uh, one last thing about spotify i said uh, uh last year they bought a platform called soundtrap and soundtrap is an online uh, music creation platform where uh, you can record and make loops and uh, play musical instruments. And um, it, it, uh, it's pretty good. But basically, they, uh, they bought it so uh, music creators can use that platform to make music and then put it on Spotify. So they're, they're uh, becoming uh, quite a force in the music industry. Uh, in their own right. Yes, they are. So uh, very good. Switching gears, uh, guess who's getting a divorce? Um, I think I've read about this. It's it's one of those guys. Not me again. No, uh, it's not you. Okay. Um, it, the, he has what is he like? He's a millionaire. Is he? He's a millionaire, right? Add, add lots of zeros. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you haven't heard about it, Jeff Bezos is getting a uh, a divorce now. Uh, you told me actually this morning that there 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 was some uh, salacious details to this divorce. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm reading. I didn't I didn't know this. Well, I, I didn't I didn't quite know all this, but yeah. So there was there was infidelity involved. Number one, and and as of uh, today, apparently there were some uh, what do they call them on the streets? Genital pics. <laughs> That's the PC version. Um, that were yeah. that were sent to his uh, mistress, and um, and apparently the National Enquirer has possession of them. And I don't know what they're going to do with them. They're probably just going to sell them to the highest bidder or somebody's going to buy them and, and hide them um, like they did with that other case that happened earlier in the year, which I don't want to talk about. <laughs> well, well uh, you know, now this brings up a couple of interesting things. So first of all, um, I guess they did not have an agreement of any sort, Jeff Bezos and his wife. When yeah, there was no prenup. So no prenup is uh, what no, I'm would. not talking about that type of agreement. I'm talking about like – you're a billionaire and you can keep being a billionaire and you can do whatever you want as long as I get to do whatever oh, I want. That, they didn't have any rules that around kind of agreement. I that see. type of agreement. You know, so which is fine. I mean, some couples do very well with those types of agreement. But here's the interesting thing about all of this is uh, if uh, if they get a divorce, which it sounds like they're going to, they got married in Washington. And Washington's rules for divorces is that if they cannot come up with an agreement then by law, Jeff Bezos has to give his wife half of all the assets, which includes half of the Amazon stock. Now, this is kind of interesting because think about this. The man is so bloody rich and has so much uh, like pull within the most powerful company in the world that if he has to give half his stock and half his assets to his wife, he number one, will not – he will no longer be the richest man in the world. Number two – it will dilute the Amazon stock 
which means that he won't have full uh, control over Amazon. Well, he, he won't be the majority shareholder anymore. That's right. I mean, he'll be tied at the very least. Yeah. So, so uh, that is uh, kind of again, they had no premium up. So uh, you know, maybe maybe he can talk her into just saying, "Look, how many billions do you need? Is like twenty billion enough to?" I mean. Can you imagine just like you take these ten, you take these ten Malibu houses, I'll keep the stock or whatever. I mean, I mean, but 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 seriously, it's like okay, tell you what, you just take twenty billion. Like how how much can you spend in a lifetime? Like it's like no, I want more of that. I I don't know. I just hopefully you know they can come up with um, an agreement, but it could be messy. But it's interesting because this is the richest. This is the richest person on the planet right now. That is going through this. So this is uh, – I think this is pretty much unprecedented, I would think. Billionaires, they're just like us. <laughs> well, they're just like us. But I mean it's a, yeah, it's crazy the amount of money. And I, I can't – I mean Jeff Bezos pro- can afford a pretty strong legal team. But the fact that they have him pretty much nailed for infidelity means that his uh, his case is not going to look too good. So, so what, what have we learned from this experience, ladies and gentlemen? Number one, don't send pictures of your junk across the internet and Jeff Bezos of all people should know that. Uh, number two, uh, if you're going to, uh, be, uh, you know, having a mistress on the side, have some sort of agreement with your spouse before you do it and get the, uh, the go ahead or the okay. Or number three, uh, get a prenup. If you're Jeff Bezos, uh, go back in time, invent a time machine, get a prenup. Uh, number four, uh, I guess, uh, we'll never know what really is happening in the world ever. So there you go. That's, that's, I guess, I guess not. Yeah. It's an interesting story. So we will, we will continue to update you. Uh, I, I am interested to know the final figures when this divorce is settled. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, and I want to know that how it affects Amazon because that, I mean, it could have major ramifications to the company. That's right. So it's, and, it's very and, interesting. And how, you know, as we've discussed in the past, uh, Amazon is taking more and more money away from Facebook advertising, so uh, that could affect uh, actually right down to the core level of what we do, because uh, based on how the uh, the platform changes or shifts, if it does, we don't know. So uh, one last story here is uh, Google Chrome is, has a uh, built-in uh, pop-up blocker for annoying ads, uh, like an ad blocker. And uh, so they have a, an ad initiative that they've uh, been testing, and they are going to roll it out worldwide. So basically, if the ad is too annoying, if they deem it too annoying, then uh, they, they're going to block your ad. So uh, back in the early days of the Internet, the advertising online was basically like these flashing banners that would you know, make anyone with uh, epilepsy go into a convulsion. But, uh, you know, they uh, uh, ad blockers have become a thing. And uh, some of the ad blocking software went to war with Google Chrome because, you know, Google makes their money from advertising. So they came to some sort of agreement. So uh, Google has decided to create their own ad blocker and they've rolled it out. And basically, if you don't play by their rules, then they will block your ad. So uh, real, real quick uh, points on this. This is from uh, marketingdive.com. Uh, Google Chrome announced in a blog post that it will stop showing disruptive ads worldwide beginning Jan- July 9th, following news that uh, the, they have a better ad standard that would be uh, expanded. 
And the standards have been available in North America and Europe, and Google Chrome has been filtering ads on site since in these countries since last year. Uh, the standards have been developed by the Coalition for Better Ads, uh, which, of course, the Coalition for Better Ads sounds really like a bunch of people getting together, but it's probably just Google. Which is probably owned by Google. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, they filter ads based on 12 experiences that users find intrusive and advertisers and publishers should avoid using. And, so, and what's interesting uh, is I have a feeling that all the, they're going to be blocking all the Facebook ads are disruptive, all the Instagram ads are disruptive, <laughs> all the Amazon ads are disruptive, but the Google AdWords and YouTube ads, those are fantastic. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, and uh, I don't know what these 12 uh, disruptive points are, uh, but, uh, but uh, according to them, uh, we, you know, that would be a good – actually, that, that, that would be uh, a good webinar for us to do because – uh, talking about Google ad display ads because we talked about uh, Google uh, or YouTube ads, but we haven't gotten into display ads, which is those ads that follow you around the internet. So we should uh, we should definitely talk about that. So um, all right, uh, without any further ado, I think it is time to move into the meat of our show, which is uh, all about. Uh, like uh, explainer videos, right? That's what we explainer videos. So, what is an explainer video? You've seen them, of course. <laughs> now, first of all, uh, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, next to Google itself. And when you uh, search for things on Google, videos will often show up in the main search results. So, um, you know, you have an opportunity to uh, game the system a little bit. In fact, I have a couple of uh, techniques that I use to make uh, videos show up above uh, all other content in search results. And if you, uh, we did a webinar on that a couple of uh, uh, months ago. If you haven't uh, been a, become a subscriber yet, as soon as you become a subscriber for four ninety five a month, you can see that video where I showed how I got a video ranked in, in number one in uh, like 10 minutes. So uh, but with that, if you have a product or service, one of the best things that you could do is uh, create an explainer video. Now, think about your own habits, like the way that you maybe search for a product or service. Whenever I, uh, you know, I think I just mentioned like I bought a new microphone and I bought uh, a DJ mixing station, uh, two turntables and a microphone. But before I was doing that, uh, a couple of things that I did in my research, and I'm sure that everyone follows suit is uh, I look up reviews. I look up, you know, the uh, uh, how these particular products are used. I go on Amazon. I see if they're in the top uh, 20 of best-selling items. I look up, uh, but I also go to their website and I go on YouTube and I look up, uh, I look up how these units are, are used, like what, you know, how, how people use them and explain how to use them. So, uh, an explainer video can run in different types of formats. They can be anything from someone just using the product, uh, to, uh, how to do a certain feature on the product, uh, to how it can be used. But uh, um, and and they can look in, uh, different in each way. So it could be someone just in front of a camera, uh, just talking about the product. They could be one of those whiteboard videos. But an explainer video 
um, is kind of essential if you have a product or service because guaranteed someone's going to be doing some research on your product or service and they want to see exactly what the results are, how it's being used, and uh, if it's easy enough for them to use. So, um, And what, what gets me excited about explainer videos is that it has a lot to do with copywriting. And if you've been a fan of the show, you know that I am a copywriter. I love copy. And it also brings in those influence tactics that we did a whole series on. So if you go back, I don't remember the episode numbers off the top of my head, but we have a whole series on influence tactics that come from the book uh, Influence by Robert Cialdini, where we actually go through each tactic with a, an episode on every single one. But a lot of those tactics are going to come into explainer videos, they come into copywriting, they come into email marketing. Um, but scripting is one of the keys to effective explainers. And uh, I'll let Andres uh, start talking about that, but I just, it just gets me excited because I love talking. That's right. That's right. So, so there's a few things that you want to do before you um, start doing this video. Now, unlike a, a video where you want to get your product seen through like a search result, this is going to be a video where someone is kind of finalizing their decision-making process and uh, they need to be convinced as to why to use your particular product or service. So you need to ask yourself beforehand, uh, what, what are you, you know, there's a couple things that you want to like to figure out before you start this process. And one of them is, uh, the first one is how are you going to use this video, right? So is it going to be on your homepage? Is it going to be on dedicated landing page, uh, social media, Facebook, uh, is it going to be in a trade show, uh, in-store displays, YouTube pre-roll ads, which we talked about in our uh, previous webinar, uh, sales pitches or presentations or even email blasts, right? So these are all different types of uh, channels in your multi-channel strategy. But the real question is, is like really what, who is it going to be for and how is it going to be used? And where are people? Well, and depending on the, uh, depending on the outcome too, um, and the price point, especially the price point, like your outcome may be to sell the product directly to the website or your outcome may be to get them onto a phone call, especially if it's a higher end product. So if your product is $10,000 or higher, you're probably not going to want to sell it directly through a website. You're probably going to want to get them onto a phone call um, and start you know, building a relationship and then having an enrollment conversation right there over the phone. So that you're, you're coming up with your specific, your specific call to action. Uh, one other thing that uh, I think you'll, you'll talk about this, but is you want to kind of think of what's the emotional state that I want to elicit from this video because uh, there's a, a big component of this is getting the person into the emotional state that you want them in. And the music that you select underneath your explainer video is going to be very critical to uh, establishing that. And we'll talk a little bit more of that, about that as we go here, but I just wanted to bring that up right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, also bear in mind that uh, um, since, uh, it, you know, music is important, but also since most mobile users don't even have the sound on when videos start playing, you also want to have a, a compelling visual at the very, very beginning, at least in the first three seconds. I always tell people if you're doing um, uh, an explainer video, or any type of video on YouTube, uh, don't waste your time with a fade up because that's going to be about a second and a half of your three seconds that you have somebody. And if it's just a fade up with a talking head, you've already lost somebody. So uh, you need to start with something really mm -hmm. awesome and uh, eye-catching. And then uh, eye-catching enough that they'll... Well, once again, this is... Uh, yeah, once again, this goes into that pattern interrupt. You want to interrupt the person's pattern and get them out of their, you know, their trance state that they're just surfing through the internet on. You want to interrupt their pattern and get their attention. 
So uh, you have to, yeah, you have to have something very compelling. So it could be like an awesome text effect where the text is just like flying across the screen. Of course, uh, most every explainer video really should start with an explosion, right? Right. <laughs> or, is, or, or like a zombie coming out of the ground or, you know, a spaceship. Absolutely. Well, what's funny is if it's scripted correctly, you can get away with a lot of that stuff. <laughs> and it, you just have to, you just have to kind of tie it into the narrative um, but yeah, you want to interrupt the pattern. And if you can, inter- if that's what interrupts the pattern and you have a creative mind and can tie that in somehow to, um, to some sort of metaphor that can be effective. I, I've seen people do like really random pattern interrupts and then tie it back to the story and metaphor. Yeah. So it, it's kind of fun. You can have fun. Absolutely. With it. And it's a, it, you know, it's a good storytelling technique for your business. Um, another thing that you got to figure out is what's your video objective? Like what, what do you, you know, what is the thing that you want people to do uh, at, at the end of it? So, you know, you, you were talking about like getting people to engage in the conversation, but you know, you may, is it, is it just simply, um, uh, a video that explains the product and service to help people with the, uh, with, with the buying, uh, process on the customer journey, or is it going to be something that, uh, you really want the call to action to be, you know, sign up for the email. will uh, you know, we'll, we'll call you, you know, to help with your sales process, let's say. So really you have to think about like what the objective of the video is going to be. Is it going to like, what part of the sales process is it going to be for you? Because remember your explainer video is basically in lieu of having someone in the room with the person trying to convince them to plunk down money or sign up for something. Well, and it might even be like, if it's a pre-sale, it could just be a hype builder. You know, it might just be building hype about it and building awareness about the product that's going to be coming out. Right. Right. So there, yeah, there's a number of different objectives that you could select here. So, so I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. When I, uh, I bought, uh, the, uh, my, uh, when I bought my DJ equipment, I bought the, uh, Pioneer, uh, DDJ SB3. And the reason why I bought that is because, uh, I, it, number one, it was one of the best selling, uh, products on Amazon. But number two, uh, when they had their explainer video for this particular product on the Pioneer website, I went to the website to see how it was used. The person who was pitching it, who was doing the explainer video, was none other than DJ Jazzy Jeff, who was the other half of uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So what you're telling me is that you're a sucker for social proof because you you looked at the best-selling products, social proof, and then you looked for the celebrity influencer, social proof number two, and then that made you really happy inside, and then you bought it. Uh, you know what? It's Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I, I did get suckered <laughs> into it because – I mean, but here's the thing. It's like uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. It's probably a good product. No, it's, it's a great product, and GZ, DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, actually helped – build the product. He helped uh, influence some of the things that some of the features on the product itself. And I felt, you know what, one of two things, either the guy is hard up for money and uh, he said yes, or uh, maybe he really did like the product. And I, I bought it because of that. And some of the, you know, the ways that he was explaining how the product works. And you know what, I was like, sold. So I uh, went ahead and I bought it. It was a good price and there you go. So, so if you can find, uh, a celebrity of some sort to uh, pitch your product even better. I know that uh, Dean Kane will uh, eat dog food on <laughs> camera for $2,000. <laughs> Is it 2000 I didn't say that, Dean. I didn't say that. That was Andres who said no, that. I um, know you won't eat dog food. You'll, you'll sit next to me while, while I eat dog food. But, you know, 
Well, you know, I worked on I worked on a couple of movie sets uh, in around 2010. I was working on a couple of movie sets, and like you could get like people like Eric Roberts. You know, it's like you know, throw him like twelve hundred dollars a day. He'll come out there and do yeah. it. Um, even Corey Feldman. We had Corey Feldman on the set one day. You know, you just got to throw him the right amount of money, and uh, you know, it's it's not a, a huge surprise. We're going to get some eighty stars. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but if you want to get, but it, you know, for the right person, that's social proof. So. Uh, so yeah, you can you can get celebrities. They're easier. I mean, these are like you know they're not in their prime right now, but they were at one time big deals. And you can you can get decent celebrities for a a somewhat affordable price. Top size more if you're listening. Uh, you know, we want you to do an ad for the marketing geeks. So uh, uh, next, Tom Selleck. Now Tom Selleck's a lot. Tom Selleck's a lot more expensive. Than Tom I, I think so. You probably have to give him at least seven thousand. But uh, you know, but the point is, is that you can, you know, using social proof and and what about like Tom Green? How much would Tom Green? Cost? We should Remember we him? should just do like like kind of line up the Tom. We should just call him. He should be on the show for free. I, Tom Green should just come on. For I free. think so. God bless you, Tom Green, wherever you may be. Uh, next question is how long should the video be your explainer video uh you know and and this is a good question if it's an animated uh explainer video uh you really you probably don't want to be any more than like 60 seconds i would say but if you're really diving into like the features of a product and showing how to use it you you know there's no limit really you can have something that's like 15 minutes if you're really showing the ins and outs of like how to use something. So remember, since YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, if I want to, um, uh, and again, going back to my, to my DJ unit, uh, it has a lot of knobs and buttons and sliders and stuff. I don't know how to use it. So, uh, what do I do? I, well, I went on YouTube and I was just looking at like, you know, people who are explaining how to use this particular product. And some of those videos are, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes some of them were an hour long. And I would, if it's valuable information to me and I'm learning how to use something, uh, I will sit through the entire video. Now, I wanted to, I wanted to go through a checklist on um, kind of scripting your explainer video. And this, this checklist actually comes from an article by Neil Patel, uh, but I wanted to kind of go through this and I want to put my own spin on everything, but I, I'm going to list these off because they're already provided here. And then why don't we just kind of discuss the Madros as we go through these, like these are, there's eight, yeah. eight elements here of a um, explainer video. And, and again, there's, there may be other things we want to add in here as well. But uh, number one is what's the quick elevator pitch. So we want to get your, you know, your product or service in about one to two sentences. So this is like your chamber of commerce speech, your elevator pitch. You're telling people, I, I like the format for this is, um, I help people do this so that they can have that mm, is kind of a, a basic format for this. And it, it is, it actually works out pretty well when you use that kind of formula. So again, it's, I help people do this or X, um, so that they can have that or Y. Right. Yeah. That's good. Makes sense. That yeah. totally makes sense. Um, number two, who is the target audience? So I believe that in marketing, the more narrow you can focus down on your target audience, um, the easier it is to get their attention for longer periods of time. So if I'm speaking to a smaller niche segment and I'm speaking to their, I, I can understand their specific needs a little bit better if I know it like a very small uh, specific problem that they face. So identifying the target audience uh, can be very big. I think the more general you make your messaging, um, the more it's harder to keep people's attention because they see so many general messages all over the internet all the time. So if you can get to specifics, you're 
going to have more success. That's my opinion, and I think that's backed up by a lot of marketers. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I also think that uh, you know, we, you and I have talked a lot about the customer avatar, and one of the biggest mistakes I've had with uh, people that I've helped in in, in business is when they uh, when I ask them, so who is your product or service for, and they give me the answer, well, it's for everybody, and I'm like. No, no, it's not because the single mother with three kids who's holding down a job is going to be different from, uh, you know, a, a gay guy who wants to, uh, you know, who's just like out having fun versus the person who is, say, uh, a younger demographic. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like these are all separate things. And so I would say that when people say that they're coming from a scarcity mindset, meaning that they're, they're, they have a fear of missing out. So they're, they're afraid that if they narrow their niche, right. they're going to miss out on sales. But the reality is it's a little bit counterintuitive. Uh, typically, the more specific you get, the better you're actually going to do. So that a lot of people have trouble grasping that counterintuitive concept even though it's you know pounded into their heads over and over again, just people have trouble pulling the trigger on that. That's been my experience. Right. And, and again, it's kind of a scarcity mindset. They're afraid that they're going to lose money because um, the the person that's in this broad audience is uh, is not going to be involved in that offer. Uh, but again, the reality is you're not you know you can't speak to everyone all at once in an effective with effective messaging. Right. So if you want to have effective messaging, it needs to be to a specific person, specific problem. So really nail down your customer avatar, and um, you know we've done shows about this in the past. So think about that. Yeah. And number three is like, what is the specific problem you're solving? So we just kind of talked about that, but you want to identify the pain points. So I, I think that's a good wording on this: is what causes them pain that your product or service is going to solve. Um, the company Digital Marketer has this uh, this drawing of this. Uh, when they, they talk about how sales is taking somebody from a before state to an after state. So in the before state, they have a problem. Maybe they have some emotional uncertainty. They're not feeling the best, and they go to the and then after your product or service, they move into the after state where the problem is solved. They're feeling better. Um, and you and that's what sales really is, is moving somebody from that point A to point B. Right. But, the, but then, but then how do you, uh, how do you stand out with the, uh, you know, your problem slash solution, uh, sort of thing. And, you know, there's a few things like, you know, you got to stand out, you got to differentiate yourself from other people who are offering this particular problem, problem. Uh, you know, if they, if, if somebody's in the decision-making process, you've got to have a feature or benefit that, that is is unique or has a certain niche that it serves. So, um, you know, and make yourself seem more innovative. Uh, that's, you know, that's uh, a big, a big deal. Like you've got to really focus on like being a bit, uh, like a bit more state of the art than other competitors that, uh, might be out there. So, so, you know, really focus on, um, you know, not only problem solving, but the solution, that uh, that it it represents when somebody is uh, trying to find uh, what they what they want. Well, speaking to that point, I mean, the next one here is what are the three key benefits you would like to highlight? And to me, the benefits are the solution essentially. So, you know, when we're talking about features versus benefits, features are like details about the product or service. Those are just the the details. Benefits are the outcomes. We want to speak to the outcomes that people are going to get. So if you can tie a product or a service to them making more money or having more time, um, so yeah, you're going to save time, make money. Ultimately, that's what people really want in business. They want to save time or they want to make money. So if you could tie your product or service into that, 
that general conversation. And I would, you know, I would play with the wording. I wouldn't use it that generically like to save time, make money. But you want to kind of get there um, eventually through your benefit statements because that's what people ultimately want. You want, they want those benefits, and you need to find how your product or service can tie into that and bring that. Yeah, in. yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and 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 aside from that too, there's a there's another component of this. I'm not sure if it's in this list, but uh, there's friction points that a customer may be having uh, when in their decision making process. So, um, you know, you, you this is you know friction points or pain points. Like, what are those particular things that are kind of universal? Like. Uh, you know, the problems that people suffer that you, objections, the obje- yeah, well, the, not just the objections, but just kind of like, uh, God, you know, I hate it when I open my cans and then things fall out all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it, God knows we've all had that problem. Well, and, and then, you know, story, if you could tell a, a brief story like that and a story of how this product or service solved a, that kind of a problem, one of those common problems, right. That can be effective. I mean, storytelling, is more effective than telling stories sell oh. facts tell and, well I, <laughs> facts tell stories sell and a perfect example yeah. of this is like look at every politician ever right instead of saying uh well unless you're bernie sanders the billionaires and the billionaires get the one percent you know aside from that but most politicians what they do is like i'm going to tell you a story i was on the campaign you know who was really good at this was ronald reagan i was in a taxi cab and i was talking to a taxi driver and the taxi driver told me you know, I just can't get this thing. And I was thinking about that. It's like, Ronald Reagan, you have never been in a taxi cab. Give me a break, right? But they, they tell... I was just thinking about Joe the plumber. Right. I was thinking about Joe the right. plumber. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but the, the, the thing is, but Joe the plumber was effective because he he represented a segment of people that, uh, that were not being heard. And so he personified a certain... A type of individual and he became a real person. And this is why, again, politicians will be like, I was talking to this woman and she had a kid and the kid was in a wheelchair and couldn't get healthcare and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And so and they give the person a name and they like, so then all of a sudden it humanizes it. Yeah. It gives a face to this. Well, it, and it creates an emotional, it creates an emotional reaction. Right. You're creating, stories create emotional reactions. You're putting somebody into a, a specific state of mind, state of emotion. So um, stories can do that much stronger than just telling somebody facts or telling somebody even benefit statements aren't really going to do that. I mean, you can open up people's right. minds a little bit if you're telling them they're going to make money, uh, especially if you future pace that out and say, like, imagine yourself a year from now, you've gone through this product, you've, you've gone through this service, you've, it's, been, it's a year from now. You know, um, so what's ha- now that you've solved this problem, what's your life like? And, and you kind of get them to three dimensionalize right. that experience. You know, what do you see now? What do you feel now? What do you hear now? And you kind of get them into that emotional state. Um, so that that can be useful, too. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, but I think yeah, so, it's so, a good point. So basically, uh, it boils down to personalizing and, and putting a face towards the, you know, the solution or problem, uh, having a character, making it making it seem real instead of just uh, yeah. Let me let me burn through these last uh, yeah. these last four here because I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on them. But how does your product or service work? So um, give three to four steps. So I, I, I always like that. Like if you could. Especially if this if this were like a, a business service or if it was like a marketing service, I like the idea. If you're doing like an explainer video, it, you say it's like this is a seven step process, and on this webinar, I'm going to give you you know three of the steps or something like that. Right. So you don't give them all, but you give them a few of them. You create what's called an open loop. Again, you're you're leaving people kind of on a cliffhanger. Like, what are the other four? 
I gotta know. Um, and it, it creates, you know, it, it puts it puts people into a different mindset, and it makes them want to close that loop and learn the other. Four. And and that um, one one other point, just on that, which is uh, people get overwhelmed with information. So if you do have a lot of information, try and keep it down to just like maybe three points, because uh, after three, people just start. Uh, uh, losing their mind and they can't even think. In fact, one of the ways that uh, I would get clients is I would teach business seminars. And if I wanted people to sign up for my product or service, I would teach a class on something. And rather than, uh, you know, giving them just the three points, I would inundate them with like 20 or 30 points to the point where their eyes were rolling back in their head. And they would say, you know what, this is too much for me. I need to hire someone like you because obviously I can't handle it. But uh, so, so if you overwhelm people with too much information, you're going to lose them. So keep it down to just a few points. Yeah. And then what tone do you want the video to strike? Uh, professional, conversational, fun and humorous. This reminds me, Andros, of when you and I had a client and I'm not going to go into specifics here, but we were working with a client and we created this. <laughs> we went for we went for fun and humor and we had like the funniest explainer video of all time. Um, we presented, we, we were like cracking up. We thought it was so awesome. We presented oh it to God. the client and uh not having it. Not yeah, having it. <laughs> he. Not only that, he he uh, he wanted his uh, his money back. He was he was he was mad at us. He was like upset, <laughs> and uh, it was really funny because he had an explainer video that he had created, and it was so awful uh, that uh, and, and slightly racist even. And so we were like, ooh, but we we felt like based on his previous attempt that we could uh, create something with his style of humor. And so we, we made this whole animation. It was very funny. We loved it. And he got, he actually got angry at us, which was, I've never experienced that ever. Uh, but to this day, I, I showed it to several, I showed it to several people and all the feedback I got was very positive. Oh, too. me too. So, so it's not, it wasn't just us. No, I don't know. Fun. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but, but, uh, but that was, that to this day is still one of the, f <laughs> that was, that was quite a story though. Yeah. It was, and I'm, I'm sad that we can't show the world it, but to this day, I still think it's one of the funniest things I've ever done. So yes, oh, well, it was less very, very funny. All right. Uh, two more here. So do you have specific ideas or requests for the visual style? Um, then that's like talking about, is this going to be like a cartoon, a whiteboard video? Is this going to have uh, live action, like specific colors? Is it going to be character animations, like those kind of things? Um, and if you don't know, um, it, it says to suggest a creative direction. Um, uh, or I see, never mind. I, I'm sorry about that. So that that's it. Yeah. If you don't know, get help from an expert that can suggest a creative direction. And then the last one is, is there a call to action that needs to be mentioned? So is it going to be sign up today? Is it going to be get on a phone call with us? Is it going to be buy now? I mean, what, what's the call to action at the end of this? Or is it going to be get excited because this product's coming you know, in the right. near future? Now, uh, a couple of things. If you're wondering how to create an explainer video, we did, uh, again, in our previous webinar on uh, uh, video advertising, uh, we did have a couple of platforms. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to a new platform I've discovered. There's a few of them. Uh, Powtoon is one. Uh, Adobe Spark is mm -hmm. another one. Uh, I just discovered one called Beyond, and I love it. Oh, my God. I'm addicted to that. Uh, you can make these really professional, awesome-looking cartoons uh, and explainer videos. And uh, it costs about $89 a month. And like full animation too, right? Yeah, you know, full you on. Like full animations on Beyond, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's as easy to use as a PowerPoint presentation. So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty 
uh, a pretty good and powerful uh, platform. And I'm, I'm actually going to put together some uh, some cartoons for us here at uh, Marketing Geeks. But you know, you know, uh, one explainer video that we probably won't be able to ever see one type of explainer video. <laughs> For for a certain uh, type of product, it is uh, once again, oh. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> time for the robot sex report. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> give it up, yeah, some horn. Here we go. There it, it is. That's it. it. Yes, it's time once again for. How about some ukulele? Some ukulele, uh, Andros. <laughs> not today, my friend. Not today. Soon, <laughs> soon. Uh, so this is a, uh, a story out of uh, uh, papermag.com. Uh, so the, uh, the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is happening uh, now. And uh, one, uh, one product that won an award and was subsequently stripped of it uh, because it was deemed too offensive, was a female sex toy that uh, had its re- award revoked for being, quote, too obscene. And, uh, you know, this is a modern age, man. Can anything really be too obscene? I mean, you know. Now, do, they have, do they have, like, what, what was classified as too obscene? Uh, I'm curious. Was there a breakdown of what, um, what was deemed to be the offending conduct? Well, uh, apparently, uh, as the story or goes... Or should I not be asking that question? I'm not sure if I want to know the answer, actually. You, use your <laughs> imagination, my friend. Uh, earlier this year, an Oregon-based sex toy company called Laura DiCarlo submitted their uh, Osei Robotic Messenger... Massager, sorry. Osei Robotic Massager for consideration in the robotics and drones category at this year's Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, for the Innovation Award. Utilizing top-of-the-line micro-robotic tech, the team managed to create a, quote, hands-free product that mimics the sensations of a human mouth, tongue, and fingers, per the company's website. The result? A blended orgasm that combines... Oh, I can't really read this if kids are listening. But, however, uh, it... Uh, hey, we have the explicit tag on this podcast, so you can... You okay, can okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll just leave it to the imagination uh, here, but uh, it says that the sophistication of their tech uh, is uh, was uh, quite uh, advanced, and uh, it used special robotics to actually give those sensations. However, I guess it was too real because uh, it was voked obscene so it was either uh somebody either found it uh too offensive or uh they just didn't like uh you know, tongues in so certain. Did you areas. say it's a drone? No, no, no. It's like You're like you. That's a, it's a it's a uh, it's a category. So drones and robotics is a category at the CES uh, show. Oh, oh, I see. And gotcha. so. I, I was thinking like you fly that thing around and then you just kind of control it from your your, uh, your yeah, tablet. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but uh, one of two things: either uh, somebody doesn't. Uh, you know, doesn't like robotics for whatever reason, or uh, they just hate the taste of plastic. So, uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we now end another version of the sex robot report. Mm. Fabulous. All right. So why don't we get to some uh, geek news, wrap up the show. Got anything good for me, man? 
what's geeky these this week? Well, I guess the uh, the the top the top geek stories out there. Uh, well, I'm actually going to bring this one up. Eddie Murphy is uh, coming back to star in Coming to America Two. Oh, awesome! So they are they are bringing you know we're out of ideas in the world of in the world of movies. So you know why why not we could either do sequels, we could do reboots. And you know why not do sequels thirty years later? I mean, it works. It's worked so well with all the other movies that they've done it for, like Zoolander two. You know, yeah, exactly. Because it's like we could put this. We could put Coming to America two next to the shelf on Dumb and Dumber uh, Returns or Dumb and Dumber two, uh, Zoolander two. You know, it's like it's like these it's Anchorman two. Like every every comedy sequel that's come out that have been like ten plus years after the fact, they've all been terrible. Like yeah, all, it's because and, uh, it, Bad Santa two. Everybody's they were all looking bad. for the for the high water mark on their career and hoping that they could recapture yeah. the magic. Well, uh, I think, and one of the problems I brought this up before, but one of the problems is that, like, for some reason with comedy sequels, they want to recycle the same jokes. They want to hit those same like points. I don't know why that is, because they're like, oh, we can we can get back that magic with the same joke again in a new setting. But you know, I'd rather just see new jokes. Just keep the yeah. characters. Totally new movie. You don't need to. I don't need to, you know the member berries. To tell me, remember when we did this joke? Remember? <laughs> I, uh, I did. I did. I tell you about. I, I had a very vivid dream. I have very vivid dreams, and um, uh, and I had this one dream where uh, Ron Burgundy of Anchorman uh, had a uh, an award winning story, and that he uh, he had produced, and so the uh, Hollywood decided to turn it into a movie. And so it takes place in like the early '80s, and he uh, he's suddenly a movie producer in Hollywood. See, that would be funny, right? Because that's a better plot because it's not the exact same plot as the other Anchorman movie. So right. I, I like, it's like that. Now, I mean, you have to you got to take the characters in new directions. They're the same characters, yeah. new jokes, new directions. That's what we need in a comedy sequel. You don't need to recycle the jokes. Right, and, and then then it's like we've already seen the news era of the '80s. Why not see the movie era of the '80s with Ron Burgundy? Now that's a yeah. movie. Uh, uh, Rob, uh, uh, you know, Will Ferrell, if you're listening, then uh, please, yeah, please, Will Ferrell, yeah. please, please do this. Uh, uh, they're rebooting Masters of the Universe. Why? Yeah. I don't know. They're doing it. But the can uh, anybody top? Of, can anybody top Skeletor though? Wait, who played Skeletor in the original? It was uh, I can't remember it, who was it um, in the original. I can't remember. I, I know, know that Dolph but, Dolph played He Man. We had Dolph Lundgren playing He Man, and I think who's it, actually one of the most intelligent actors in Hollywood. I still can't figure. believe that. I, yeah, it's amazing to me. Weird. I never would. I never would have thought weird. that. But it's true. Art uh, Art uh, Markham and Matt Holloway, who wrote the first uh, Iron Man film, are going to be uh, set to direct He Man: Masters of the Universe. I don't. I really don't get it because I mean, I just don't get it. Why would they? Why? Why? You could build a hospital for the amount of money they'll probably be putting <laughs> into this. Uh, I hope movie. they bring a, uh, a live. I hope they bring a live action Orko. Do you remember Orko from the He Man cartoon? Am I the only one? He's like a druid uh, guy that like follows him around. I dressed oh, up as yeah, him. Yeah. I dressed up as him for Halloween one year as Orko. So I was like a druid or something. Really? And my parents were like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. another sequel in the in the works, because all uh, all Hollywood does these days is sequels and remakes. Uh, is uh, and comic book adaptions, but uh, World War Z two is being filmed with Brad Pitt. However, David Fincher is going to be directing, which uh, 
which I'm actually kind of excited about because David Fincher is a very, very competent uh, director and I like his stuff. So be on the lookout uh, for that, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, finally, uh, anything else you have for us? You're damn right I do. You're damn right I do. We got, I got a couple, I got a couple to end out the day. Well, I'm going to give one more story and then we're going to talk about a couple trailers that came out. Um, but uh, Peter Sollett is set to direct, are you ready for this? All you listeners under the age of 12, a Minecraft movie. Minecraft, which is that game that looks like it's an 8-bit where you can build stuff. And it's it's kind of a cool game, actually. I can't, I, I'm surprised it's lasted as long as it did, though. It seemed like more of a fad to me, but it's, it's been around now for a while. Um, and yeah, Minecraft the movie, it's going to be coming out and I think they're going to look to like, do it like the Lego style, uh, the Lego movie style. So I, I don't know. It'll probably be terrible, but you know what? Mark your calendars. It's coming. You know, uh, uh and, and the last, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, there, there's, a, there's actually a choose your own adventure Minecraft show on, uh, Netflix. It came out before the, uh, the black mirror episode. So, uh, if you have kids, there's also a choose your own adventure, uh, Puss in Boots. Oh with, yeah. Uh, the Shrek, uh, Antonio Banderas character. <laughs> Puss in Boots. Great. Uh, last story. What do you got? Uh, the two trailers that came out, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Men in Black International got a new trailer that came out and they've replaced Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones with Crims, uh, Crims, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. So uh, both of the actors from Thor Rangarok are going to be starring in this Men in Black sequel. Um, I watched the trailer and I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a cynical guy in my old, old 35 year old age, but it looks horrible does it look just pretty bad. looks terrible yeah it but looks terrible un- to me. unnecessary sequels again and then the last one was the hellboy sequel or i guess it's a reboot hellboy yeah. the reboot released a trailer and it's got the weirdest choice of music it's just it's super bizarre the tone of that movie looks so far off i don't even know and then i was reading that they the test screenings have been uh scoring like terribly as well so I, I was a little bit excited about Hellboy, but my enthusiasm uh, has dropped seven notches. Yeah, and you know uh, it's funny because they were saying this is going to be a darker Hellboy, yet uh, doesn't look that dark, and it doesn't look as artistically beautiful as the uh, Guillermo del Toro Hellboys, which are uh, the first one and the second one were both fantastically well done and uh, has that, has that great art direction that uh, Guillermo del Toro is so good at. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm not excited for pretty much anything coming out this summer, except I am looking forward for Avengers Endgame. That's right. And, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, Captain Marvel. I think that's going to be pretty. Yeah, good. yeah. Captain Marvel, Spider Man Two. I mean, there's, there's a few good movies coming out. This is the third Spider Man Two, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And with that, folks, thanks again for listening to Marketing Geeks, the only marketing show that also has geek news for you and a sex robot report. Sex robot report music provided by Poddington Bear. Thank you very much. And we are looking to end the stigma on sex robots. And that's why we're bringing awareness to that industry on the you show. Know why? Because sex robots are not people too, but soon they may be. So 
We'll keep you posted. Yeah, I was reading they were going to like install human brains in them or something. There was actually an article about them installing human Ooh. brains. And it's getting weird I'll already. Volunteer. Before it even starts, it's getting weird. I'm going to put your brain in a <laughs> sex robot. See how you like that, buddy. You'll live forever. We're going to make you immortal as a sex robot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but we're going to ship you off to the Trump family. You'll be a heirloom. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember, you can donate to the show for $4.99 a month. You can get a copy of all the webinars for $1 a month. We will give you a shout-out on every single month that you renew. And for $20 a month, you can get access to a private call with the two marketing 